Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth, where we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein by the grace of God. Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth will let you see, and the truth will make you free. It says over in Psalm 119, the, the psalmist talking to the Lord, the entrance of your word gives light. And then in another verse, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God, the truth of the word, if we receive it, will illuminate us, will lighten our path and show us the way that we need to go and show us what to avoid and which paths to choose to walk down. The Lord is faithful and he will show us what we need to see and tell us what we need to hear if we have ears to hear. And that's why we're continuing by the grace of God. We're continuing in the word of God. We're continuing in his perfect law of liberty so that we can be made free to live the life that he wants us to live. Glory to God. Well, we've been looking for a little while now at the joy of faith. And our foundation passage is in Psalm 5. We'll look there again today. Psalm 5 and verse 7. The psalmist is talking to the Lord. He says, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of my enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. And then he goes on to talk about the wicked and how they're not going to do well. And the end result is they're going to have all these problems. They're going to fall by their own counsels. They're going to um, be cast out in the multitude of their transgressions because they have rebelled against God. But now verse 11, but, that little word but is a contrast. In contrast to the wicked being destroyed and all these negative things happening to them, but let all those that put their trust in thee, in you, Lord, rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. The Lord wants us to be full of joy. And as we trust in him, we will be full of joy. We will be able to rejoice and shout for joy because of how faithful God is to his covenant. How good our God is. If we get the, the degree to which we understand how good God is to us, is the degree to which we will praise him and be glad in him. Because he is so good. And I heard someone say it this way, that if you, if you make yourself conscious and aware of how good he is, then you will, you'll become more aware of it. Let, let me explain that a little bit further. 
If you train yourself, like for instance, just going about through your day saying, God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. You are so good. You know, you just, you see something and you think, well, glory to God. God is so good. You know, you may be having a rough day or maybe a rough week or a rough month, or maybe you're like Job and you had a rough year. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, the sun rose up this morning, right? You got out of bed this morning, hopefully. God's been good to you. It says in Lamentations 3, we've quoted this one several times. It's one of my favorite passages. It says that the mercies of God are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. So if you have nothing else to be thankful for, just thank God for his new mercies. That's something to rejoice and be glad in all day long. Glory to God, I get new mercies because I, I might have blown it yesterday, but hey, I got new mercies today. I'm not riding on yesterday's old worn out mercies. I got today's brand new fresh mercies. God is long suffering with us. He, he loves us so much that He's not imputing and holding our trespasses, our sins, our wrongdoings against us. All we have to do, like 1 John 1 says, all we have to do is confess. If we do something wrong, we have to confess it to the Lord, confess our sins, and He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, I tell you what, I just did so bad. I, I, I just, I, I, can't, I can't ever forget it. It's just ingrained in me. That's just who I am. It's a spot on my record forever. Well, not if you ask God to forgive you. If you confessed it to him and you asked him to forgive you, then it's not on your record anymore. God himself said, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more for my sake. That's what God said. For my sake, I will remember your sins and iniquities no more. In other words, he's not sitting up there in heaven with a notepad saying, okay, I know you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Up, up, there it is. There it is. There's another one. Man, you're not doing too good this week. Golly, you got all these marks again. No, God's not doing that. He's not counting up our, our wrongdoings against us. If we confess them, and ask him to forgive us and sincerely repent, which means to change, to walk away from the wrong ways and to go into the new ways, his ways, then he's not holding our sins against us. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So we have reason to rejoice and be glad in God because he is good. And now the more that we make ourselves aware of that, the more that we are intentionally conscious of his goodness. You know, going around, just saying it out loud. God, you're so good. Just looking for little things. God, you're so good. You caused the sun to rise this morning. God, you're so good. You gave me air to breathe this morning. God, you're so good. I have a good family. I have a good job. I have a car that'll run. 
and at least get me to where I need to go. Glory to God. There are always things that God is, that, that manifest the goodness of God to us. And the more we express that, that thanksgiving and that recognition of his goodness, the more of his goodness we'll see in our life. And the more that he'll want to show us and manifest to us. Jesus gave this the example in Matthew 7 of a good father. You know, if, you, if you're a good father or a good parent and your child comes up to you and asks for bread, you're not going to give them a stone. You're not going to give them a big old rock to chew on. If they ask for a fish, you're not going to give them a rattlesnake. And he says, if you then, being evil, being imperfect, you have done wrong things and you don't always have perfect thoughts, If you then, with all of your imperfections, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, how much more does your perfect heavenly father who's never had a wrong thought in his existence, he's never ever done wrong, he's never ever hurt anybody, how much more does your father know how to give good gifts to his children? And we are his children. He is our good, good father. And he wants to get his goodness to us because we are his children. He wants us to do well. He wants to bless us. The psalmist said in another, in another psalm, the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Matter of fact, let's go look at it. Sometimes we quote things, but we need to go lay our eyes on it. Psalm 35. Psalm 35 and verse 27. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. The Lord wants us to be joyful and be glad, and he wants us to be prosperous, to succeed, to excel in life. He wants the best for us. He doesn't want us to be down and dragging around, living in the mud pits of life. He wants us to be blessed and prosperous and to experience abundance. That's his will for us. If you're a parent, you know about this. You don't don't want your children to be, if you're a good parent, you don't want your children to be down and, and just barely making it through life. You want them to do well. Matter of fact, if you're a good parent, you want them to do better than you were doing. Right? Well, that's the way that God is with us. We're, I'm not, we're not trying to make God like us. We're made in the image of God. We are like Him. Like Jesus said, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in heaven 
know how to give good gifts. Thank you, Lord. Now, last time we were talking about, talking out of Romans 15, and we saw that there are two of the primary indicators of faith, real faith in God, really, truly trusting God, believing in Him. Two of the primary indicators are joy and peace. So, you know, I've, I thought about it. Um, joy and peace are kind of like the gas and the oil in your faith mobile. You know, if you, don't, if you have a car and you don't have any gas in your car, well, then you're not going anywhere, right? Or if you, have, you may have gas in it, but if you don't have any oil in the engine, well, you may go somewhere, but you're not going anywhere for long. Things are going to seize up and it's not going to work very well for you. <laughs> so we need both. We need to pay attention to our gas gauge and we need to check our dipstick once in a while, see how we're doing. Well, it's the same way spiritually. We need to check our gas tank. How much joy do we have? We need to check our dipstick. We need to check up on our peace. How are we doing? Are we two quarts low? Are we fretting? Are we worrying? Well, then we need to get into the Word of God and hear more from God so that we can experience that joy and that peace. Or if He's already told you something, then you need to press in to what He said to you. Press into His Word. Press in. If He has given you a scripture to stand on, or if He's given you a word to stand on, that rhema word, that's the Greek word, rhema, that means the specific word for your situation. If He's shown you that, then you need to focus in on that and just not turn it loose. Refuse to turn loose of the word that He's given you. Because that's where your joy is. That's where your peace is. Paul, in one of his letters, he was, you know, Paul went through some things. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians 11. He went through some things. He experienced some trials and tribulations, some, some rough times. But he said in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, you know, we got all this stuff going on around us. We're pressed but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. In other words, we have all of these problems going on around us, all of these less than ideal circumstances. We got pressure coming in on the outside, but it's not getting in me. I am not letting the pressure that's on the outside disrupt the peace of God that I have on the inside of me. Now, I choose whether I'm going to let that pressure in and disturb me and distress me and stress me out, or I can just keep the door closed and leave that on the outside, and then I can experience the joy and the peace of God. Now, I may not know what's going on around me. I may be perplexed, but that doesn't mean I have to be in despair. 
I may be pressed and pressured from the outside, but that doesn't mean I need to be distressed. I read a quote. It said that storms or or ships don't sink because of the storm around them. The water may be going all over around them. Ships will sink when the water, the stormy water gets in them. Well, it's the same way with us. We don't always experience the best circumstances in life. You know, negative things will happen. It's just a, a fact of where we live. In fact, Jesus said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. But he didn't stop there. In the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Psalm 34 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Glory to God. So we don't have to be distressed and worried and sad all the time, despairing all the time. We can be full of joy and full of peace because we're trusting in the Lord and we're pressing in to what he's told us. Paul said in in another place, I'm not looking at the things that are going on around me. I am focused in on the permanent, everlasting word of God that will never change. He said his exact phrase was, I'm not looking at the things that are seen. I'm looking at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And he also said in that same passage, the tribulation and the trouble that he was going through was not worthy to be compared with the glory that was to come. With what was on the other side of it, it wasn't, the, the trouble was so minuscule and so not worth it. <laughs> it wasn't even worth considering. It wasn't even worth considering the trouble that he was going through when he thought about the glory and the reward that was on the other side of it. And so he says, I'm not focused on the situation, the negative things that are going on around me. Instead, I'm focusing on the unchanging, everlasting word of God, the promises of God that he's given me. Because all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen to us. God will always perform his word. Whatever he says, he will do. We can rest assured in that. We can rest secure in that. Glory to God. Now, we mentioned that joy and peace are kind of like the gas and oil in your faith mobile, so to speak. Well, what happens when you start running a little low? Well, it's time to pull into the filling station and fill her up, right? If your gas gauge is starting to get over towards E, then it's time time to start looking for a pump. And and you don't want to wait too long because... That, that needle will just keep on going down, down, down towards the E until you're out of gas, and then you're really in trouble. So if, we're start, if we start running low on joy, we need to start 
building ourselves back up. So what do we do when our joy is running low? Well, let's look over at Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25, beginning with verse 11. It says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. In other words, if you have a word that's fitly spoken, so that would be the right word at the right time, it's going to be as beautiful as apples of gold in pictures or settings of silver. Gold and silver together are very pretty. And it's exactly what we need. Verse 12. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. So an earring of gold, an ornament of fine gold, what he's talking about is it dresses you up. It makes you look good. If you have a wise reprover coming to an obedient ear. So a wise reprover, that's someone who's giving you, who's correcting you. That's what reproof is, correction. And if it's a wise correction, if it's the correction that you need, and you have an obedient ear, you're listening to it and you're willing to make changes, and then you're not only willing, but you do it, then that's going to make you look good. Verse 13, as the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. Let's look at this same, these same three verses in the Message Bible. I like the way it says it. 25, Proverbs 25, 11, the Message Bible. The right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. The right word at the right time. It's very valuable. It makes you look good. And a wise friend's timely reprimand is like a gold ring slipped on your finger. A wise friend's timely reprimand is like a gold ring slipped on your finger. Again, in other words, if you hear correction and that it's godly correction, it's correction that you need to make, you hear it, you're obedient to it, and you're not just a hearer of the word, but you're a doer of it, then it'll make you look good and it'll give you something valuable. Verse 13, reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat, refreshing. So I I like the way the King James says it. A faithful messenger to them that send him refreshes the soul of his masters. Um, I've talked about my grandpa before. He was a cattle farmer, but he also would bale hay around our place. And so in the summertime, you know, uh, late spring and and throughout the summer, you you go out with your tractor and your hay mower and you cut the hay. So it's kind of like mowing your grass 
except you're not just throwing the clippings away, you're keeping it. You're bailing it up and you can feed your cows with it or your horses or whatever, feed livestock, whatever you have. The, the thing is that you're doing it in the heat of summer. Now in Southwest Missouri, where I grew up, it gets hot in the summertime. Now I know in places like Arizona and, and the desert, um, it gets way over 100 degrees. But in Missouri, it doesn't always get over 100 degrees. It, it will sometimes. But we have humidity. And so it's, you just can't get away from it, no matter where you go. Even in the shade, you're still sweating. It's just hot. And you're out there running equipment, and you got all the heat from the equipment coming off of you, or coming off on you, and it's just, it's just not fun. So thank God for air conditioning. You get in your truck, crank up the AC, and you can just sit there and, and cool off for a little while. Or you go in the house and cool off for a while, sit down and relax. Well, one time, my mom told this story. One time, she was helping my grandpa out baling hay, and they're both hot and tired, and it's about lunchtime. Well, on the farm, you don't always get to go back to the house and eat lunch. Sometimes you got to just eat lunch out in the field because you got work to do and you only have a limited amount of time to do it. So my grandma had fixed lunch and brought it out to them. And they were, they were ready for a break and they were hot and sweaty. Well, what had she fixed for lunch but hot soup? That wasn't exactly refreshing to them because they were out in the heat and sweating and they were looking for something a little lighter but she had fixed hot soup. So not exactly refreshing. But this is saying that when you're hot and you're tired and you get something cold, like say she had brought him an ice cream sandwich, oh, that would have been, that would have been real good. If you're hot and tired and you suddenly get a breath of cold air, or something chilly, then that is refreshing to you. It's like that blast of AC when you're sitting in the truck cooling off. Well, why am I mentioning this? Well, let's look down real quickly as we close at John 15. John 15, verse 11. And Jesus, this is Jesus speaking here. And he says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. The Amplified Bible says, I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete and overflowing. The Lord has given us his word and the Holy Spirit will show us the exact word we need to encourage ourselves and lift ourselves up. If we're paying attention to him, he'll show us that exact word that we need. Notice Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you. These words I have given you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may be full. 
So what do you do? What do you do if your joy is a little bit low? Get back in the Word of God. Start praying. Start talking to God. Start hearing from Him. And that will encourage you and lift you up until you're so full of joy that it's just bubbling up from the inside of you and overflowing out of your mouth, just splashing over on other people all around you. Boy, they're just so full of joy. They're so full of joy. Why? Well, I am living in the Word of God. I'm believing God. I'm trusting Him. Well, yeah, but it looks bad. Well, I'm not looking at what it looks like. I'm not looking at the bad things. I'm looking at the Word of God because God tells me that I can overcome. Through Him, I can do all things. In Christ, He always causes me to triumph. Glory to God. God gives us the victory. No weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. If we're trusting in God, believing in Him, then we will be victorious in every situation. Glory to God. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, be sure and follow us so that you never miss an episode of The Fortress of Truth. And I encourage you, share this podcast. Let other people know about it. Tell your friends and your family. The Lord may put it on your heart that someone needs to hear this. And be sure and join us again next time as we continue talking about the joy of faith. Well, we'll see you next time on The Fortress of Truth.